Hey everybody, it's me, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn. And um, I've been like uh, getting these podcasts out pretty regularly, I guess. Uh, I, I see maybe it might come to a like simmer down a little bit, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm trying to get them out for you and um, you know, I'm just gonna do what I'm doing. But in the meantime, I'm really honored and happy that uh, today I have, today is actually uh, Labor Day. And um, this gentleman who I'm going to introduce, Marty, uh, from the Good Vibe Show, he has a wonderful podcast out that I had the privilege of being on, I think I was on about six times, right? Yes. We did a little uh, segment, me being an RN holistic health coach. We, we kind of hit it off. You disappeared on me, Marty. Come on back. Come on back. Yeah, there you go. So as you guys know, or you may not know, I'm doing this all by myself. And I, last year when I did the podcast, I did have somebody helping me. I do not. So you might see somebody fade in and out. The audio may not be that great, but I'm doing it. And that's all that matters. So I'm really proud of myself. But anyway, Marty, pronounce your last name, Marty. Uh, Bork. Bork. Okay. So I met Marty way in the beginning of TikTok. I started um, right after COVID in March. And uh, Marty, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but he is on a journey, right? I mean, you'll explain it better. And um, I don't know. I just connected with him and uh, wrote him. I, I would comment on a lot of his posts. And uh, he had said, I'm starting up an, a podcast. And I think he said, if anybody wants to be on, I'm not sure. And I said, ah, I want to be on, you know. And you reach out to me. And this was before I started up my podcast again. And um, we hit it off. And then we recorded this. And it was really nice. We had like a sort of a casual conversation. So I would like tell you guys to go to Good Vibes, The Good Vibe Show with Marty B. Is it still called that? Yeah, it's really great. And uh, go there and check him out and subscribe to his channel. And um, that sparked me to want to do my podcast again. So I'm very grateful to you, Marty. Thank you. And um, I'm just doing it. But I wanted to have him on because he has a story too, like we all do. And I'm going to turn the camera over to him. And you, I know he's been through some major things like all of us have in our lives but i like to hear from everybody's perspective and i think if you just if you resonate with even just one person it's a great thing right so i'm going to turn the camera over to you and i'll kind of weave my way in there so take it away marty well hello uh yeah my name's marty and uh i live actually i live in the east coast of uh, new brunswick canada and um, yeah, pretty much the way you described it, Lenora, uh, we, we met through TikTok and then we had some, uh, we had a great run of uh, six podcasts and um, it was really natural and cool the way that the relationship built and uh, you brought a lot of uh, positive and a lot of information and uh, people loved you on, and they still love you on the podcast. I still get comments. So Hopefully we'll be able to do it again one day. And yeah, uh, yeah. as far as, as far as my journey, well, 
I've been, uh, you know, uh, been on quite the journey here for the last 150 or so days. But uh, before that, I mean, I'm born with a heart problem, um, a congenital heart problem, coarctation of the aorta. So my aorta uh, at one play, at one time was like a, well, like an hourglass. So the, the blood wasn't flowing well from the heart. And I went into heart failure at four weeks old. And that created basically a lifelong uh, journey of, of the heart, basically rela related to my heart story. I had five open heart surgeries and many small, smaller uh, surgeries to, to try different things. You know, in the 70s and 80s, it was some ex experimental uh, surgeries or stuff that they had already kind of confirmed that was working, but that didn't always work for everyone. And... Um, it was quite the journey and uh, it was uh, taxing on on my mental health without me even knowing so um you know everybody's got a story like you say and every bit of your story has an effect either positive or negative on you long term and i believe that if you don't necessarily process everything as you go forward um that um it can build up and it can eventually manifest itself into uh, typical social cues that we see today with mental health, like anxiety, depression, uh, and such. And even can go to, to worse extents if you don't actually deal with it and if you don't process it uh, correctly, if you don't get the help. So um, that whole experience my last surgery was at 21 years old so it's i'm i'm gonna be 43 this month so it's been mm -hmm. a good little while and uh thankfully you know things things have been kind of okay for the last um few years and i'm being monitored on a yearly basis by by my cardiologists and specialists um in halifax nova scotia and so um the heart seems the heart story, if you if you like, is uh, seems to stabilized, but the whole creation of anxiety, panic attacks, and depression manifests it manifested itself in my twenties a lot, and I know that in my teens it did too, and I didn't know what was going on, but in my twenties I kind of discovered what it was, and that's where it really hit me hard, and I became uh, even to a certain degree uh, agoraphobic. Uh, for a period of time, I wasn't even leaving my house um, because of my severe panic attacks and mm -hmm. my the anxiety that was always flowing in my in my body or in my brain, and uh, so that that created mental health issues. And then uh, I tried to deal with it, and I you know I went to to counseling and I seeked a lot of help. I, I did my Reiki master level. Uh, all my levels up to master and then and I did a lot of meditational stuff and and a lot of personal development in my 20s that helped me deal with uh, anxiety and um, and panic attacks but I had never really felt depression it was always mostly anxiety and panic attacks and in my um, late 30s you know, I had kids, I was married, I, I got my, married, I was uh, with the same uh, girl for 17 years. We just recently separated, still very good friends and stuff, but 
but everything kind of built up. And when you don't deal with, um, if, if you don't deal with it on a daily basis, these type of issues, I think it can come back and it can cause deeper seated issues. And so I had a life event that kind of brought me to, um, to feeling like uh, let down and feeling like let go. A lot of people, I felt like I lost a lot of friends through this one life event. And um, it. Come on back. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Are I you going to, are you going to share that life event? Well, yeah, I was playing, I was playing, I'm a musician. Uh, that's, that's like, uh, that's what I've been doing for a living for mm -hmm last 15 plus years a very good one i may say with a beautiful voice thank you uh, i'm a concert promoter so i work with a lot of artists from across from everywhere in the world and uh you know are created and and produced and and managed a lot of big major tours and stuff but as a musician i was playing in a band that was um uh, it was a corporate cover band, and it was a really good, solid band. We were playing 140, 150 shows a year. So I was making a living with that, you know, making a decent living with that and doing a lot of corporate work and, and stuff like that. And uh, I decided after eight years, though, that that lifestyle is a hectic lifestyle, you know, festivals, too, and, uh, and some bars and stuff uh, at times uh, in the slower times and it's just kind of a, a tough lifestyle. And after eight years of that band, I, I was like, you know, I want to move on to other things. I want to kind of create my own, my own little thing. Uh, I wanted to write and write original music and stuff, original songs. So I made a decision to, <clears throat> that I was going to move on and kind of focus on the family. And, and I had gotten a contract for a radio station as a morning man. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to pick that up. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to do this and, and things are going to work out in a long, in a long term. But uh, <clears throat> when I decided to leave the band, uh, unfortunately, the guys kind of took it in a, as a bad divorce in a sense. And it became, okay. uh, it became like a business and a game of money and bullshit. So basically it turned into something that I really wanted to endorse and, and turn into something positive with me leaving turned into something extremely negative And I lost a lot of friends out of it and mm. people that I cared about and that, uh, that I loved and that. And so when you, when you go through this type of scenario, that's like the long story short, but <clears throat> if you go through that, that type of scenario, you know, I lost probably four or five solid even more, but four or five solid brothers, like, you know, and one in one shot within a, a month or two of this whole thing blowing up. <clears throat> and uh, it's a typical thing too with bands when they split up, but this is not what I wanted, wasn't my intention. So it caught me kind of by surprise and I was sort of blindsided by, by the whole thing. And was this, was this before COVID? Like how, how long ago was this? Five years ago. Oh, five years. Okay. I didn't know yeah. about this. Yeah, this is five years ago. And mm -hmm. so um, it really initiated in me a real deal depression. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really experienced, like I had experienced anxiety. 
I had experienced uh, panic attacks. I had experienced loneliness. You know, the lonely drives from Moncton to Halifax, which was like two and a half hours for my surgeries. You know, where you're out of school, you're not with your friends. It's, it's a lonely, it's, it's, it's hard on the brain and it's a bit lonely, but I had never really experienced like a real deal depression. And this whole event of my band and everything, um, and, and even, yeah, anyways, my band and also like the drummer in the band was my best, best friend and he was my business partner. And so this whole thing ended up folding our business too, because I was like, you know, I don't, at this point, like you guys have hurt me. Oh my God. It's okay. You guys, um, people on YouTube are going to see this. You, you're going in and out, but that's okay. This is very casual. I'm people getting... on my podcast on the major things. He just keeps going in and out with his camera on the Zoom. So that's all. That's all that's yeah. happening. Father keeps calling me and I don't know how to put do not disturb. Oh, I did. Yeah, I put not stir, but I'll still get calls too for some reason. I don't know why. So, go ahead. So, I don't want you to lose your train of, of thought there. So, you said that your best friend was a drummer and uh, just kind of, which is he, really sad because, he, I mean. He, yeah, he was also my business partner. And, I mean, we owned real estate together. We owned, you know, a tour bus. We owned we owned a lot of, of, of stuff and we were touring with major bands and, and it was a big, it was a big life. It was a big deal. So at that point, you know, after everything settled with the band and everything, I was like, you know, you know, after all this happened, like I can't continue on with, with, with working with this guy. So anyways, long story short, again, it just kind of, everything folded and we ended up selling, you know, selling out everything, all our possessions and everything. And I, I actually uh, ended up uh, selling my shares of the company and my, my, the houses we had and everything. I just, I just gave everything up because I wanted to clear the slate of my life because my main focus was just to focus on my family, focus on myself and be a hockey coach. Pursue your dream, right? Yeah. You wanted to. My okay. son and go in my dance classes with my daughter because I never could go because we were always gone. We were always on tour. Yeah. So this was like a peak time for me in my life with the family and the kids and everything. And, and of course, the band life brought on a lot of things, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, late nights, uh, there was a lot of temptation. It was some cheating. There was, and I'm just being honest here. Um, there was also, you know, some, some drug use and stuff like that. Nothing heavy, not on my end, but just, it's just a shitty lifestyle. It wasn't a mm -hmm. clean, it wasn't clean enough for me. And I just had had enough. And so basically it created also, not to even, not to even mention your heart. I mean, cause yeah. your heart is so fragile with five surgeries and yeah, that's scary. That's scary. Oh. Yeah, I uh, I just wanted to, to have a cleaner lifestyle and get back to like my family or my values. Just get back to my values, you know. And it kind of just, the whole thing, like just backfired. And so mm -hmm. I fell into a depression like five years ago. Yeah. After all that was settled and the dust was kind of settled and it was like, I mean, it never really settled in my heart. Like I still have a little bit of that pain and I'm still dealing with it of 
of just losing so many friends and it being becoming such such a such a big turnaround point in my life like like everything changed for me you know i wasn't i was no longer that respected business guy that was like there was a lot of stuff that changed because mm-hmm. i just fell into a depression and i retracted myself and i regressed you know me you yeah. know how when i get a little down i mean i don't know you but i know yeah and do you ever hear the the uh, phrase that when we live in the past it brings on depression when yeah. we're thinking too much in the future it brings on anxiety does that make sense to you yeah that's it's, important. It's, it is if you think about it it's um very true it, it's easier said than done but i mean if you can incorporate it into your life for sure it's it's it can be a a big lifesaver at times, you know. Well, that's when- why they say try to live in the present. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, everybody. I'm not. It's just well, I'm listening to you, and I'm. That's you know I talk about it in yoga a lot too. Yeah. Living in the past, we bring on our depression. If we live in the future, we're bringing on our anxiety. So try to be in this present moment in the class. Yeah, easier said than done. You know, that's why we yeah. need support and community with people. So. Well, you need support and you also need to build the tools. <clears throat> I think tools are important and they come into play in times like right now. And I haven't gotten to my present day yet, but in times of like that whole moment, if I would have had uh, more tools in, in the sense of I did have some tools and I was able to deal with it, but you can never have too many tools. You know what I mean? What were your, what were your tools? What were your tools? Uh, my tools were to actually like try to go out to nature and think and write. Uh, those were a couple of my tools that I discovered along the way. Um, those I was great ones. I wasn't those ready. Those are really good ones. I wasn't ready for it, Lenora. So my tools were like scattered and they were kind of yeah. not, not organized in my toolbox at all or in my tool belts. I had to kind of go out and, and grab what I could and try to grasp onto the things that were working for me and kind of go back to the tools that had been sort of passed along to me and, and given to me sort of like that, like going out to nature. That was one of the things like I Who gave did. you that. Who taught you that? Who taught you? Who taught you? I'm really curious. How did you um, come to find out about Reiki? How did you come to find about nature? You don't hear them from a typical doctor. You don't, no. you don't hear an MD saying to you, go out in nature. Maybe, maybe you want to connect with your energy and become a Reiki master. Where did, where did you find that? Who, who I found that? It, my, my best friend and I growing up in high school were, were kind of really spiritual. And we talked a lot about like spirituality and talked a lot about religion and stuff and trying to kind of find our way through it. And understand like, okay, yeah, we're born Catholic, but what's all, what's this whole religion thing? And there's something past that religion thing, which is energy, the universe, you know, that kind of was both feeding us, you know, both musically and, and spiritually. So we, we kind of just slowly got into his mother was kind of, was a Reiki. um, Well, she practiced Reiki. She, she was, um, she was treating people and stuff. She was a, a person that was involved in, in a lot of that stuff. She was a bit flighty. So for me, it was like, okay, I don't want to be that, but I'd like to have that. 
Like mm -hmm. I'd like to have mm -hmm. those tools because I love the concept of silence, tranquility, energy transfer, um, getting energy from the universe and kind of just passing it along. I'm an empath. I love to heal people too. And I love to help um, in, 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 in one side of my personality. That's a big side of it. And so for me, it was like, and, and so then we, we, it was important. And, and so then we started doing sessions like with uh, meditation sessions and stuff. We were young. We were like 17, 18 doing this. And, and good just, on you. Good yeah, on you for finding me, that. Yeah. Meeting all these cool people and some flighties, some were grounded. And along the way, it was like, I kind of discovered that, okay, I love Reiki because it's a great transfer of energy and you can actually help and heal. Like, whether it be an animal, whether it be a human, I can use this one day. I can use it on myself. So I started doing um, my levels at a young age. I was like 18 or 19 and uh, started discovering that. And a lot of it for me, a lot of people that were involved in that were flighty. And I, mm -hmm. I was kind of scared of that. And I always told myself, man, like if I ever get this flighty, like, I'm, I will have lost my edge and my ground because it was important for me to not be like, yeah, I'm a dreamer and I'm, I'm a bit of a, like, like I love being a, a dreamer and I, I sometimes like ungrounding myself, but at the same time, I never lose sight of that ground. Like, because it's really important to be freaking grounded. That's one thing that's always been like, if you want to go through stuff, man, you got to be able to ground yourself, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. not. It'll help. It helps your anxiety. Like you take your shoes off. I know this sounds, I don't know if you'd call me flighty, but um, you know, I think one of my first TikToks was I had no idea how to do TikToks and I would took my shoes off and I went out and I said, take off your shoes and put your feet into the ground, rock your feet back and forth and feel the stability to the earth. And, you know, I, you know, maybe I was flighty or whatever, but if you're having some anxiety or anything like that, that's going to ground you like that. That's just one of the tools. I'm not saying it's a cure, but that was really a wonderful thing that you learned at a really young age. And even if you get lost in this world, like you're losing it, you still have that tool. So you still know, oh my God. All right. I got to grasp. I got to grasp this and get a hold of that again. Yeah. So, just the breathing part of it. No, I don't think you're, you're flighty. I think, I think flighty for me is like getting deeper into further than Reiki and, and get, getting lost, like completely getting lost. No, you're grounded. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, yeah. Like in the, <laughs> like you're in the clouds and you're freaking lost and you're not even stable yourself. You know what I mean? Like, so no, you're you're totally grounded. You're you're uh, you're a mother of five kids. You've been through the realm. You've had your issues, but you've always had your two feet on the ground for sure. Flighty? No, not, not always. No way. <laughs> no. I I always said you have pizzazz. <laughs> you have the I new do have pizzazz. I yeah. do have pizzazz. That's damn sure. So go ahead. I don't want to. I want you to lose track of where you are here. So go ahead. No. Uh, and then like, like I said, the Reiki really helped. It was a tool, like you said, and just the whole breathing and the transfer of energy, it, it really, um, it's, it's, it really helped me. But then, you know, life goes on and you, I kind of got disconnected from, from the, the Reiki and the meditation in, in, in my twenties and started 
having issues with, um, I think, you know, basically my, my, um, all my surgeries from like zero to, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, there was five open heart surgeries. There was, it was a lot, there was a lot to combat inside. Like it was a fight always. It was a fight to survive and a fight to go through this. It's a, it's another, it's another hump, you know, in the road, another bump in the road. And I got to spend three weeks in the hospital and go through these, you know, getting cut the rib case. Mm -hmm. open. And there's a, it's thought, right? And so physically, and talk about talk about energy too, Marty. And I, and and the reason I bring this up to you is because you are connected spiritually. What about that connection to the heart chakra, and uh, being operated on so many times? And the heart is like your main, your main everything in your body. So all these things that you're feeling. Any kind of depression, anxiety, uh, feeling maybe, I don't know if this is true, maybe feeling worthless or whatever. Everything's oh, yeah. all connected to that, Every right? So yeah. you have a double, five time whammy with that. <clears throat> so it's all but, connected. Absolutely. And I mean, you feel, in a sense, you feel violated. Mm, I get that. Like those scalpels. And those doctors, like, they just do what they got to do, right? And thank God mm -hmm. for it. But, mm -hmm. but the, the, you, have to, you have to take out the consideration of your heart chakras and your energy levels because you're being violated. Like, you're being freaking cut and opened and it hurts and, like, every, just – and then you're on drugs and, and this and that. Like, there's so many things that – unbalance everything that you're trying to balance when you because energy for me is a huge thing like it's huge and so it's i felt violated in a sense like not in i get you know, that i get yeah. that that's a, actually a really good descriptive word yeah yeah and so it's tough it's tough but you know, I also remember the days going through the children's hospital and taking a walk after my surgery and hearing the kids cry in the burn unit. And so that's where you count your lucky stars, too. And you tell yourself, yeah, okay, I may have gone through this, but in two weeks from now, I'll be okay. Or two weeks later, you're okay. And you think you were those. able, You were able to recognize that? Oh, You totally. were able to have, have um, feel grateful at that time? A hundred percent. And I think it's, I, I have to take, I have to give that to my, my mother, my parents who made sure to make note of that stuff, you know, and, and to bring it up and to, to recognize and help me recognize that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is a struggle, but listen, like, you know, this kid's 85% of his body's burnt and he's crying on a daily basis. He's not running around doing pirouettes after freaking two weeks, Sarah. Wow. Well, well, that be that's very great. grateful, grateful yeah, to your parents. I that was that, like the best lesson they could have given you. Yeah, I think One that's what comes into my life, and it's been taught. I think it's it's something that's given, but also that's taught and developed. And my parents are definitely empath, both both of both of them. So um, they could see that stuff, and they they were they were, couldn't recognize that stuff, and they would bring it up to make sure that I would also realize that. Yeah, I'm unlucky, but look at this girl. She's had 48 surgeries and she's seven years old in her mm -hmm. brain, in her heart. Like, 
I've had, you know, at this point I'm, I'm 13 and I've had three, so I'm doing yeah. okay. And um, I've seen I'm, your, I've seen your dad. I've, I mean, I've seen him on your social media and I'm really good with the energy and the auras and his, he just seems like he's got such a light around him. Um, I don't know about your mom. I'm sure she does. I don't know, you know, but you had a picture of him next to you and I get I'm gonna chills because I feel like he's he's he seems like such a good guy and uh he went through some some heart issues also or he had what did he have well, he had something yeah in January of 2015 they were just sitting at home him and my mother and he's never had any heart issues but you know he's always a, a big guy and he's a hard he was a hard working guy like he were he had a lot of stress his whole life he was he was a the chief of recovery in, in government and he was whatever he was up there and a lot of pressure and anyways he was retired by then but sitting there just having a, a, his glass of water uh and watching tv one night and he went to refill his glass of water and on the way back he told my mom he said oh my head's spinning and boom he just dropped dead yeah for 42 oh he was out yeah 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 wow. He There's been a, through a lot too. Let me share a little a little story with you about that whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty special. It has to do with Reiki. Mm -hmm. So, so when my father dropped, my mother called nine one one immediately, and then they started helping her, directing her to do compression mm -hmm. CPR. And so she started, you know, and then ambulances came, were on the way and everything. As soon as the ambulances got there, I was the first one she called. I was like two minutes away. So she calls me, it's a freaking snowstorm, 9.30 on a Sunday night. So I race over there. I crash in a bank on the way there. Like I was out of control. I was kind of, obviously my dad's dying, right? Adrenaline. So I finally make it there without much, without much damage. And they were, they were on uh, doing compressions on my father. And they were at about the third or fourth shock. They had shocked oh. him four times already. And so they kept working on them. And as soon as I walked in, one of the, <clears throat> one of the um, ambulance guys. Paramedic, go, paramedic. Thank you, my God. I'm, a, I'm oh. French. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. French, oh, well, but one of, the, one of the paramedics, he looked at me, he said, oh shit, Marty, I'm so sorry. And he, he, like, I knew him and he knew me. And I was like, look, man, you guys are doing an awesome job. Like, thank you so much. Just keep doing what you're doing. I can tell you one thing, that guy you're working on, he's a good man. Like he is a good man. So just do what you can. And if you can't, I understand, but you guys are doing an awesome job. So anyway, they kept working and I immediately started talking to my dad, like, Hey dad, I'm here. I'm here with mom. Keep fighting. You know, we're here. And I just kept talking loud. I was talking in French, but just telling him like, we're here. Think of your five grandchildren. Think of, you know, you want to live here. You want to be here with us as, as long as you're able to, you know, as long as you're able to uh, come back and, and be strong enough, come back, come back, you know, we're here. And so finally he, um, he, he uh, wasn't coming to, and between the sixth, sixth and the seventh shock, I asked the uh, paramedic, the lead paramedic, I said, do you mind if I come in close and just hold his feet? He was like, no problem. And in that moment, I swear to you, for about 30 seconds, I just shot 
every ounce of energy that came from the universe right through my body, right into my father. And I, this is not a lie on, on the seventh shock. He came back that seventh shock. Boom. We have a pulse. They said, we have Hold a pulse. On. You know me. Yeah. It was a pretty intense moment. Oh my God. No, I believe that. I can feel it. I am everybody. Yeah. Me too. I have, I have shivers. Thinking about um, that. The fact that you talked to him was huge too, because hearing is the last sense to go. And uh, when people are on their last, the last ropes, right? Come so. give me before you leave, Eva. My daughter's leaving for an overnighter with at the cottage with What's my mom. Name? I just want to tell her to come give me a kiss before she leaves. Sorry. What's her name? Eva. What's her name? Eva Rose. Eva. Hey, Eva Rose is beautiful. Yeah. So you did. You started it off by talking to him yeah. to give him that fight. And then grabbing his feet. I'm having like major chills here. It, it was honestly. Major like, chills. When we look at back at it, and my mother looks back at it, she says like, that was like a, a movie moment. Like it wasn't something that it was so surreal for, for the whole situation. And the fact that, I mean, I don't think I saved him, but just the fact that I came in and I gave, I held his feet and I did what I had to do for about 30 seconds. And uh, the fact- You gave him that fight, Marty. <laughs> You gave him that fight. It was pretty special. You did. And so anyway, he came back and then uh, he was in a coma for about uh, 40 days and then uh, in the hospital for about four months. Wow. Uh, yeah, he had had a major, major cardiac arrest and uh, they, they didn't even understand how the hell he, he pulled through. And so seven, is he like fine now? Is he like, you know, like I mean. Mentally and mentally and. Yeah. Yeah, he's, wow. he's, we like to tease him and tell him that he's not, but he is, he's pretty sharp. Yeah. And, uh, you know, physically it took a, it took a hit on him. Like he, he's not as strong as he was, but he needs a walker and whatever, but he's still fighting his way through and just yeah. enjoying, uh, enjoying his family and enjoying life. He's still cooking suppers for us and inviting nice. us. Over. Um, he, he, that he's is- just, you know, and he's, he battles with depression a little bit because it, it was a big hit, right? It was a big deal. So, but. Uh, living, I, living in the past, right? Thinking about that, that trauma. Exactly. Like, I don't know. You put that connection together, right? And. Okay, bye. Hi. Yeah. Have a good time. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Estem, have fun. Je t'aime. Marty is, Marty is French. Yeah. So, um, um, wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. It was a special story and it's been a few years now. So, you know, it was in 2015. So he's, he's good. And my mother and I are writing a, uh, a book. Uh, it's called stories, oh, wow. stories of the heart. And it's like, wow, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's like talking about my story growing up, parents having a sick child and a daughter that was healthy and the whole perspective of that and then my perspective of going through it and then also in 2015 what happened with my father that he went through that but we were there with him like i was next to him during his coma pretty much 17 hours a day i gave I up it. i gave up my life for like four months i just gave up my life my time at the hospital the uh, nurses were, were like, man, you should become a nurse. Like, you got it. 
<laughs> you know? Uh, so I was doing a lot of little things that to, to, so they didn't have to like, they, they didn't have to come in just little things, cleaning, cleaning his, his mouth or whatever, all those things. And just, getting things done and just spent time there because I felt like I owed it to him. I felt like, you know, you'd been there my whole life and, and through all these surgeries and you, you had to put your whole, your whole life on pause through all these experiences. And this is my only way. This is the only way that I think I can, I can deal with this, you know? Beautiful. That was beautiful. That's yeah, beautiful so that you have that relationship with yeah. him. Yeah. So that was all really in this. Nice. Time of breaking up with my band. So it didn't help the depression. Like when I broke up with the band, this was in 2015. And then my father, mm -hmm. my, it, what happened to my father happened like two months before I left the band oh. or a few months before, maybe about six months before, cause I left in August. So yeah, it was like whatever, eight months before cause it was in January. But anyways, this happened and then um, that's when I started questioning like my role in the band and my life and out there on the road and everything. And I was like, you know, I, I took four months hiatus from the band, like three and a half, four months because I was spending a lot of time with my dad. And then when I started again, I was like, this doesn't feel right. And then I just did the whole festival season through the summer because it was a busy, like we were busy. We were playing three, four nights a week all the time and doing you know mostly all festivals in the summer and uh by august 22nd i was like my decision was made i was like okay i gotta send an email and say my my last show will be on new year's eve you know and so mm -hmm. i sent an email to the boys and i had talked a little bit to just a couple of the guys we went to france that summer uh with the band so we, we had toured for like two weeks straight like every day playing it was a lot taxing and but all this time I was thinking about leaving the band and changing my life around. Mm -hmm. And so on August 22nd was our last show. And when I came home on that weekend, I, uh, from that weekend on the Sunday night, I started writing that email and through the week I sent the email and then, uh, all shit hit the fan after that. And then my whole life turned upside down and I had just gone through this major experience with my dad, which was taxing. You know, mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. though like I was dealing it well and I was processing it well, um, it was still tough. And then this whole breakup with the band and the whole kind of a dramatic situation ending and everything, it turned me into or it pushed me into a depression without me even realizing it completely blindsided me. And all of a sudden I'm regressing. All of a sudden I'm fucking lost and I don't know what's going on in my life. I'm not mm -hmm. writing. I'm not like I've lost friends. I'm not, no tools are in play at that point. Yeah. Just, yeah. You lost it. Talking to anyone about it. And, and, just, and at this point you're married, you have two kids. Yeah. So yeah. you have to be the dad. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. And yeah. My marriage at that point isn't super strong either. Uh, I'm questioning my marriage, you know, mm -hmm. we're questioning the marriage, my wife and I, there's a lot of things on the table at this point in um, in November, October, November of 2015, there's a lot of things on the table. And uh, so, yeah, it just literally pushed me into a pretty deep depression that, and very lonely because I never, because I lost my friends and, and, and my close friends and, and I never really turned to anyone else. 
and mm. I didn't want to like admit to my family. So I started just smoking a lot of weed, like a lot too much and mm-hmm. taking those all the time. So I was always numb. Mm-hmm. I was never complicit. Mm-hmm. Like I was never there present. Mm-hmm. I was always like in that dreamy kind of cloud. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, but it wasn't a good dream. It was a fucking mm-hmm. nightmare. Excuse yeah. my language. No, it's okay. And so, uh, long story short, the depression lasted as long as I didn't start using my tools. The depression lasted, and it was almost three years before I started turning it around. And what turned it around was a conversation with a good friend of mine who has a master's in psychology. And we were talking about how what I was going through, and I was like, "Man, I've been through a lot the last, you know, couple three years," and and uh it's a lonely world in there in depression it's a lonely freaking world if you're if you have no one or if you're if you don't decide to turn to anyone you always have someone you can always turn to someone but if you choose not to then you're then you're screwing yourself up right Mm -hmm. so we were talking about that and and then um he's a musician as well he's actually like my right hand man and but he has a master's in psychology and and uh so we talked a lot about creating something for people going through a depression. We were like, we need to use our musical talent and use like you know, our experience, experiences we had in life, my experiences, especially like with everything that I was telling him, he was like, man, you got to take this and you got to like go do conferences. I was like, or, you know, become a speaker. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to just be a speaker. Like I had an idea of, creating a music conference, a musical conference. So use music and the lyrics of our songs and everything to identify and to match with the feeling in the show and to also, um, you know, share testimonies of our experiences with depression, with anxiety, with stress, with the loss of a loved one or whatever the case may be, because so, so then we started talking about all this and we're like, man, I think we're onto something. And then we started turning to like other friends who were psychologists or counselors. And they were like, oh yeah, man, this, this is like, there's doesn't exist. And this would be brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. So then we created a concept show that was called, that is called three men's journey. And is that, that the guy, a- is that the guy who um, is in your Facebook group, the psychologist? The guy who plays the guitar with the glasses? Yeah. That's, that's him? Okay. Yeah, Go well, ahead. he's legally blind. Oh, and really? He, yeah, legally. He still sees a bit, but he's legally blind. He's born with that. And uh, he was bullied as a child, like in school and stuff, especially in junior high and high school. He was kind of bullied and mocked and this and that. So it had an effect on his mental health and and and, and everything. So he has a story everybody has a story everybody does right i can go on forever here you know my new hashtag is time to tell your story nice so i'm not limited though you know it's like you're not you know you're not my typical guest i guess i don't know i feel like we're friends and um but but i mean i don't care i mean everybody has a story i don't care like just like you and your podcast yeah. You know, I mean, we gotta, we have more of us. Yeah. We have to have more of us. The more, so the merrier. Yeah. Right. 
All right, Dad, I don't want to keep you, I want to keep you on track here because I don't want to, so you started this band, which I think is great for, you know, the three-man band. Yeah, it's like a concept show. And so all, it was three men and it's called Three Men's Journey. And it was three men that, three stories, three different life stories, three different upbringings. So we, we just share all that through uh, testimony through through conversation and we're, we're like three friends having a conversation on stage it's freaking wicked i and love then, it and and it's because you're men you'll you'll you will crush the stigma because you're men a hundred percent so yeah. it's so great it's such a it great was, concept that was also the intention behind it was like to make sure to have and we thought about having a girl and stuff. We actually considered it really strongly. And then just to offset the whole thing, it would have been fun. And it would have been a cool concept, but we decided to follow through with, with just three guys, three friends on stage talking about mental health and our journeys. And it's it. like just opening up with the people in the audience. And then on top of that, sharing through music, you know, through lyrics that have an effect on people. Music is universal. So, you know. Love it very healing so we were that's that's sort of what got me out of my depression that and writing and going to nature and breathing again and finding meditation again like just all the tools that I knew existed and that were out there and counseling I went to counseling as well because counseling is good you know counseling is medication is 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 one factor and I did start antidepressants I changed antidepressant and I I, like I just changed the, the, the thing and then I, I started counseling. That's a good thing. And talking about, talking about it, talking, talk, just freaking talking. Love it. I think, it. I think we all need therapy. I think I told you that. I, yeah. Everybody needs a therapist. <laughs> therapist yeah. needs a therapist. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so that's kind of where it went. And then, and then the last two years, that's what we've been doing is, is doing this conference. And it's been amazing doing a lot of corporate and doing a lot of uh, government and, and other agencies that, that promote mental health. And then COVID hit. And since COVID, we have not been able to perform. We lost about $150,000 in revenue. So that changed the game um, dramatically. But at the same, and on top of that, it, it creates that state of like, when you're not performing as a performer and as an artist, when you're not out there on stage, there's something like when you, when you love it, this, this was right up my alley too. Cause it was all soft cedar auditoriums and stuff. We weren't doing bars and festivals with drunk people there. This was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was real, it was a real deal. And so this was right up my alley. So it was kind of a, how do you call that? Um, there was a process. When COVID hit, like there was a process of three months that, that were like really tough to accept that this was completely changed forever. And it was gonna be a while before we get back out there, you know, on stage. Um, and then it's to re, rewrite your story. Okay, where do I go next? What do I focus on next? So I just started focusing on my separation, which was long overdue. And I started focusing on myself and getting healthy. And then, whoop, next thing you know, I joined TikTok like you, you know, pandemic brought TikTok, boom, in my life. And then I was skeptical at first. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, there's something to this. And then <clears throat> it's really cool. And so I started documenting my, my, my journey 
my, which was my, my health journey, my health mission, because I was, I was really, after COVID hit, I was listening to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts and he had guests that were saying how, how important the immune system is and how important health is for the immune system and this and that. And I kept hearing that over and over in these podcasts and these professionals that were talking. And I, I thought, all right, I got to get myself back in shape. Like I was pushing 300 smoking, smoking weed, like, not smoking good. cigarettes, though. Smoking cigarettes, right? Yeah. But you weren't you weren't a big drinker. No, never. Okay, yeah. Never been a big drinker. Just smoke weed. But, but I'm just thinking about your heart, though, Marty. All this is like, I know. You know, so much stress on the heart. The, the yeah. cigarettes and yeah, mostly. But I just started focusing on me and and getting on a health mission again and and. With all these years and the wear and tear and everything, I'm like, okay, I need to freaking get back to a condition where I'm, I'm respectable and, I, and that I respect and I feel good. Um, so I've been working on that. I'm on day 148 today. And yeah. Congratulations. it's long yeah. by any means. It's only four or five months so far, but you know, one day at a time. I'm, one day at a time. And that's where I met you. Like that's where I was trying to give you some like, you got this or whatever. And yeah. then you wrote me how you appreciated that. Big time. And that's, that's the rest is history. But um, it's been a while since that. You know, the, each day is going by. And, you know, you're real too, though, because you have some setbacks because of you've been yeah. going through some major stuff. So in the last four months, you separated from your wife amicably. Yeah. Yeah. And you um, moved into a new place. So yeah. moving is very stressful. Separating is very stressful. Plus you're going through, you're quitting smoking, your, your diet, your lifestyle change with that. I know yeah. every day you go out in nature and you do now you're doing biking or whatever, which I'm sure helps a lot, but you're also yeah. real. You know, that's why, you know, I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, sometimes you get off track and then the, the key is getting back on the horse, right? Exactly. The, um, the actual exercise part of it, I, I pretty much stayed dead on. Like I, I've been doing something every day and, and I'm proud of that. And I think it's good for the soul. It's good for the body. It's great. The food part of it, I still need help. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I still need help, but I, I accept it and it's going to come. And it's, it's a, with the whole separation, it set me back. The separation set me back mentally. Uh, because I thought it was going to be awesome. Like I thought, oh man, I'm excited and I'm going to be a bachelor. And, um, and, uh, you know, after 17 years and the last five, four or five years, we kind of knew we were, we should, and we, like, we have a great friendship and we're good, but we're just, there's no intimacy. There's, we just had separate directions that we were going and we should have probably separated five years ago, but we, you know, the kids, the house, everything, everything, everything. And my depression, everything that came into play, trust me, my wife, Krista was there for me. And yeah. so, you know, it's, 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 it's really nice to see that, uh, the friendship you guys have. Yeah. It's really nice to say. But our separation was delayed by all the, those factors. And I think once, uh, once we really made the decision, um, we're both pretty happy with it and we're, we're actually really happy with it. And, and we're both focusing on ourselves and, and we're still able to spend some time. Like we went biking yesterday. She came biking with me and 
it, it's not a problem and it's it's not one of those things too where it's like uh you're gonna do uh you know you're gonna come take no it's really like a friendship a new friendship that we're developing mm. and no nice. uh, and there's it's, it's not what we're focusing on you know if i want intimacy i'll go get it somewhere else right now i don't yeah. want it eventually you know of course i want to be loved i want to feel loved and i want to love somebody too but there's no rush for that right now i want to love me and focus on me Bingo. Uh, so what what was the hardest part then like what which i knew was going to happen because right. yeah. we just don't know we always think the grass is greener on the other side right yeah. Yeah. uh so what, what what was the hardest part well the grass the, the grass is kind of greener on this side okay uh, for a lot of things but the concept of family house relationship security is one that we take for granted i think and that's the part that's been tough for me is the concept the idea of having my family you know having having that and and, and my parents never separated so i don't know separation Mm -hmm. um so that concept to me i wasn't really concerned about it but it's the actual concept that like in your mind you think having a family building what we built the house like just everything we did we achieved that in 17 years mm -hmm. and then you you have that security when you go to bed at night that you know that that person even though she wasn't sleeping in the same bed as me anymore which is not healthy. You still have that security that you're in the house with the kids, you're in the house with your dogs, you're in the house with your, your wife, that if ever anything happens, like all those securities you take for granted. Mm. When I ended up alone here, mm -hmm. like it's quiet. Mm -hmm. Quiet is good. Silence is good. But only if you're at peace. If you're tormented and if you're full of anxiety or stress and your thoughts are going, you're thinking ahead, like you say, or you're dwelling on the past instead of living the moment. And that's, that's probably the greatest tip we, you could give anybody. And it, it's true. And it's good that you remind me too, because it's, hey, this is a journey for me. It's a step. Every step is a journey. And so it reminds me that, yes, you have to live in the present. And um, it's, it's quiet. And it's a lot more quiet than I thought it was going to be, Lenore. I thought my mm. friend, I thought, oh, you know, I still, like, even though, like, that happened five years ago, I still have quite a few friends around or whatever, which I, I believe, like, I consider acquaintances or friends or good friends. And, like. Yeah, where are they, right? Where are they? They're living life. They're living their life. Yeah, they're living no. Bustle, like, I we know. Bustle. And they're, they can't. Yeah, sure, I get the odd message once in a while or I can message somebody. I do have friends, outlets that I can talk to and when I get down. and Because there was one week, about three weeks ago, that I really, like, I cried the whole week. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like, you just got to realize it's part of the process and it's also a good thing. Mm -hmm. Being alone and going through these waves of emotions is somewhat therapeutic for the long term. It's get, you have to get that out. And then there was like a couple of days where the, this one day, like three weeks ago, where I was really pacing and like in my head, like way too much, right? The thoughts, the ideas, like everything was in my head. 
And I was like, you know what? This, this looks a lot like five years ago when I started falling into a, like a depression. So I'm going to mm-hmm. avoid this. And I'm going to mm-hmm. use tools that I know work. And I'm going to avoid falling deeper. I'm not going to regress. I'm going to reach out to the two or three friends that I know or family that I know have been there for a long time and they know, like Guy, my friend with the glasses, who has a master's in psychology. You know, he's been there for a long time through the thick and thin here. My family, you know, Krista. And I spoke about it. I opened up about it. And I'll tell you, it's, it's again, just talking about it is, is, is the ticket. It's the ticket. And that's, that's what got you out of it so much quicker this time. You were conscious of it Big while time. you were in that, the midst of it. So yep. that's, you, you said it, you described it so well because yep. you're pacing or whatever. And all of a sudden you're like that consciousness hits you. And that comes from all the work you've done. Yep. Being able to realize that. So you Reach- saved yourself really quick. I mean, you I know, don't- you, you no. allowed it which is important, but then you picked yourself up again and you're, and you know what, it's going to happen again, probably, but you know, well, you have the tools. That's the thing is I feel like a carpenter now. I feel like I got a tool belt and I have no carpentry skills whatsoever just to be on the record, but I feel like I have a tool belt and all my tools are organized in my freaking tool belt now. So when I do have that down day or that off day or that day where I'm worried about this or that, I reach in and I talk to somebody or I, I go to the nature or I breathe or I meditate, whatever the case, I play music. Playing music is so music, so great. You have a gift there. And that is poetry. That music is, I wish I had ability for that, but um, everybody listening here, that's medication, the nature big, your meditation, your music. What else did you say? I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Breathing. Uh, Breathing. What else? You said something else, I think. Writing. Writing. Support, people. Support. support. I, I say people a lot. Sorry, but that's just, it just comes to me. But support. I say it every, every podcast. Have that support system in place. It's so important. And your community. I don't care if it's TikTok. TikTok has been a community for so many people. I don't, even, I don't even care if it means reaching out to a counselor or reach. Like if you have no one, if you really feel you have no one you love or trust enough to talk to, reach out to a, 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 a local counselor, community counselor, like call the phone number, do, do, do something, mm-hmm. just do something like to, mm-hmm. to, to express verbally because when it stays here and here caught it's all caught up you don't yep. get angry. you don't bounce shit off of people you don't get to do that you don't have that privilege when you keep it in you right. and as soon as you get it out you get to bounce it off and get ideas and tools from other people who have either been through it or studied for it or because everyone's been through something either way mm-hmm. everyone everyone think yeah. of it as like a bottle of seltzer you shake up and then you unscrew it and it's like <laughs> let it all go it's so important yeah on that note though marty we've been going for a while you're of course the longest person who's been on the podcast we could <laughs> talk forever because we're like and i don't even think we got to like but unfortunately everybody out there 
has very short attention spans, yeah. which is really sad. We just don't have patience and, you know, that's why the TikToks are less than 60 seconds long, which, you know, whatever. But well, um, we'll do it again, either on your podcast or mine. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love you. And I, um, I love we you. We didn't too. even like, what are you doing on? Let's just talk very briefly what your goal is on, um, on TikTok for people. Um, just to be me. That's it. And uh, just to share a little little tidbits of, of me. I sometimes get new ideas and I'm th- uh, I think of, of exploring. But for now, it's just being me. And um, I can't be anything else than, than just be me. Like, there's no, f- I don't want to be fake. I don't want to, there's, there's no desire to be TikTok famous. It's great if, it, it's awesome if I get followers, but I just want the followers to follow me for the right reasons. And you're doing, uh, your, you're doing your journey. You, you're yeah. documenting each day. I know that like yeah. every day. And, um, sometimes the place music. just be real and to share the yeah. real. Yeah. You share your exercise things. You share your, your bike rides, you share your music. Yeah. So, and then he does, like I said, he has the uh, good vibes show with Marty B is it, it's still called that right yeah. on every major platform and um what I ask everybody at the end this is the clip that's gonna be on TikTok so can you share any last words of wisdom for the audience listening we need a lot more real humanity is uh is at a point uh, it's, at, it's at a breaking point we just need people to be real and to be empathetic and considerate of each other. Uh, let love rule. That's, that's my motto lately is I believe in that song. I love, I love the concept. Lenny Kravitz has a, an amazing um, soul. And I think we just have to let love rule, you know, and we just got to get back to that. We got to get back to love and empathy. It's, it's right. been long along the way and uh, you see it in in society you see it in government you see it in 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 divisiveness and it hurts Mm -hmm. it hurts to see that you know Mm -hmm. so thanks that was beautiful and i love lenny kravitz i love his name lenny 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 yeah i love to be i love to be called lenny uh people can reach you i mean you have a link tree right in your tiktok i'm gonna copy and paste it in the show notes hang out for one second. So you guys can reach me. I'm leaving my Google number. Any ideas for the show? If you want to talk, any suggestions? My number is 609-429-4058. I do, these are not a sponsor, but I do talk about the Roar Nutrition Bar. I am an affiliate and an ambassador. They just came out with another flavor today, uh, peanut butter chip, which the chips are inside rather than the chocolate on top. Anyway, it's protein packed, good for any diet. It is vegan, uh, high in protein, 19 to 21 grams a bar, very low in sugar, no artificial sweeteners. So it's 11 to 13 net carbs. Uh, put together by coconut oil, which is really good for your brain, sweetened with coconut nectar and blackstrap molasses and a little bit of Himalaya salt. They give 10% of their net proceeds 
to feed the hungry children worldwide. So I love the company. If you buy, please go to the affiliate link in the show notes below. It'll help me and it will help them. All my information, all my uh, links will be in the show notes also. And on that note, thank you, Marty, for being here with me. And I hope you come back again. I hope I get to be on your show again. And everybody have a wonderful and blessed day. I just want to tell you that I love you, Lenny. I love you too. Mwah. Hold on.